All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're in week three, and I feel like we're finally starting to get to the heart of what we think of when we think of adult education right now, which is really andragogy, which is very, very different from pedagogy. So, Pidge, first things first, let's talk about our dear friend Skinner. What what are you hoping are some of the big takeaways that they got from last week? Well, you know, the whole idea with um, in dealing with, with children in particular is the training process, you know, the conditioning of moving them from one stage to another, um, you know, and, and it's... Uh, yeah, those those are the things that we were looking at as a as a society and uh, his information. It was um, his study and his theories took hold and took root in our educational system. So this is what we were looking at. But when you when you when we looked at and this is kind of moving into this week a little bit more, but um, when you look at the ideas in pedagogy and how children were reached and how they were taught and even the curriculum and how it was developed and made and and the process and and what we had to be concerned with as far as their you know their development um those were things that needed to be involved in pedagogy when we move to the adult stage it which is which is about to happen it becomes very different very very different well first things first so i mean let's there's a couple things that i want to kind of have you expand on uh, potentially. But the first thing I want to say is, I mean, does this really work for children, though? I mean, I know that you're a mom, Pidge, uh, you know, older older children, of course. In fact, that's why you're actually on the phone right now, because you're visiting uh, your son in California. Uh, so we're doing this podcast uh, in a very unconventional way, but thanks to technology is possible. But I mean, you know, think about it, like, does it work? And, and a lot of your students, you know, wrote about that this week about how, yeah, this is kind of what I use for my children, and it kind of works. But like, I'm a dad, like even, you know, training and conditioning and, you know, that type of stuff like it, it breaks down. And it's actually really funny because um, our good friend uh, Knowles, it's, it's really interesting. He has a, a very interesting, I wouldn't say scathing, but I almost feel that way. Uh, he has a review of, uh, of Skinner's work. It's called, Is It Skinner or Nothing? And he said, look, the reality is, is that if you were to ask Skinner what it all really boils down to, he says, you know, behavior is determined by, determined by its consequences. And he's right to some extent, but the problem is that breaks down, right? Because when the consequence no longer matters, the behavior goes away. Exactly. And with it, yes, exactly. So even with kids, you're right. And the, the prizes, you know, I think we talked about this last week, prizes when you, um, for what you get for conditioning, or per, uh, when you get as a child, when you are trying to be conditioned or somebody is trying to condition you, the prizes have to get bigger and bigger and bigger because, you know, I was talking to my son this week. It was so funny because, and this is one it kind of fits into the scenario um, living in his own apartment, and he has always hated to clean. It has always been such a battle to get him to clean because he would get distracted. You know, he would just find something, and it's like, oh, I haven't read this book in a long time. I want to read it again. You know, and, and but he just has hated to clean, so he kept rationalizing with himself, and he finally said, okay, so I have to clean, but would I pay myself fifty bucks to clean my apartment? Yeah, probably not. Would I pay myself a hundred bucks to clean my apartment? No, probably not. And he just kept going up and up and up the scale. And he finally got to like a thousand dollars. Well, would I pay myself a thousand dollars to clean my apartment? And he was even at the no level. So his, his level of, of pain was way beyond 
um, what would be possible for him to, or what he wanted to do in his budget line, you know, whether that was possible, I don't know, but it, you know, it's one of those, those things, the prizes have to get bigger and bigger and bigger and you, you, your rewards have to build. And if they don't, um, you lose momentum and you get distracted and it's like, well, you throw it away and it's, this isn't important. This isn't important to me. So, wow, Pidge, um, it almost sounds like writing a paper. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why I say that, Pidge, yeah. is because I, I want I want our listeners to really understand that, you know, th- this is the problem uh, if we're not self-directed. And this is, I think, where andragogy really kind of takes over. It's it's really about finding our motivation uh, in new ways. And, and you know, it, it's, it's the way that our mind changes. It's the way that our life changes uh and it's and it's it's not looking at it from a perspective of just what's the reward right or what's the extrinsic reward i get an a in this paper or you know i get this thing done right there's more to it than that right exactly and it's you know and and so much of it lies in um the responsibilities that come with just being an adult you know there's privileges but there's also responsibilities that that are in that role as well um and so you get you get distracted by your your regular responsibilities, but the learning, you know, you get to a point you discover, well, I I don't want the job that I have anymore. I want to get a new job. So how do you get a new job? Well, you got you have to have something to put on your resume to convince your um, prospective bosses that you can do the new job. You know, it might not you might not have ever been in the, in the field before, and depending on the field, that could involve training, and it it, it could be different. It could show up in different ways. It could maybe it's just a certificate that you're going to get. Maybe it's an additional endorsement on top of your existing degree. Maybe you don't have a degree at all, and you have to have one. Maybe you don't have to have a degree, but maybe it's a mentorship that you need to look for. So it it becomes completely different when we're an adult, and we look um, our motivation is very different and we stick we tend to stick with something because the impact of if we don't achieve that is a greater pain than if we do put out and achieve it um so yeah, it becomes very different at the adult level well i think that piaget was aware of that right because he really kind of had those those phases and those stages at least of the children and how over time you know, they change. But I think it's really interesting that I think just as we grow as adults and we change, I think the way that people looked at adult learners has changed as well. And I think that what what we're seeing now in this week as we look at uh, some some interesting readings that we believe fall in the humanistic uh, dimension or, or philosophy or paradigm, or whatever you want to call it, you know, what we're seeing is it's recognizing that change and recognizing that it's very individualistic. And I love that we're going from phases to more well, it's really not so much about phases as much as it is about who the learner is. And that's a big jump, in my opinion. It is a big jump. It is a big jump. And it, it really made a huge difference. And it really, you know, this is the time in adult education movement that things started getting messy. But they started getting really, they started getting excited because a lot more questions were being asked. Research was being done. Um, challenges were being put forth as we're going to see as we kind of get into Andrew Well, it's interesting. So to give us some of those contextual factors, some of those things that kind of were going on that kind of led to this this big change. I mean, they're going to read a little bit about it from Knowles, a couple chapters from his book, um, from uh, Pedagogy to Andragogy. But what are some other things that they might not be aware of? Well, it, even with Andragogy, um, 
you know, Knowles is considered a humanist philosopher, but there was already questions at the very beginning, there were already questions as to whether or not andragogy was really a philosophy um, because of some things that happened. But he was, but Knowles in his, in and of himself, he was considered one of the most um, influential adult educators in the U.S. And like I said, he was a humanist. And if you think about the humanist side of things, what a humanist entails that that thinking and that you embracing that philosophy embraces it believes that um, the student is self-directed self-initiated um, they the student per, uh, participates participates in planning in the evaluation of the process and the teacher is being removed from the stage on the stage level so there's no longer you know um, when you go into uh, long lectures, you know, that that's not, that's not the best place in what this philosophy believes, because when you're in that kind of a setting, you don't have that individual touch. And that's, that's a huge part of being an adult learner. Well, it's funny that you say that pitch because, so, you know, Knowles actually says originally I defined andragogy as the art and science of helping adult learns in contrast Sorry, in helping adults learn, not adults learns. Um, but in contrast, that pedagogy as the art and science of teaching children. That's a huge shift. That's exactly what you just said. It's the shift from sage on the sage to guide on the side. So that's a really important, that's a really important uh, distinction there. So I'm glad that you brought that up. It is. And it, it really changed the face of, of what the whole movement of adult education was thinking and moving towards. Um, so, but there are also, there are so many different things that happened in that time. Um, Knowles was considered the father of andragogy, which was, I thought was really interesting. And, uh, we get into Miriam and what she is, functions as in the life of the adult education. Um, but, uh, andragogy, Knowles came up with, uh, he originally came up with with four um, assumptions that underpin his theory, they grew to five, and then they grew to they eventually grew to six. And I believe I believe it was the 1980s that we that we got the latest assumption added. Um, and, do you, and do you hear that terminology? I mean, assumptions. Do you realize, like that? To me, that's a beautiful term. I mean, don't forget that. I mean, we're still assuming these things, right? We're still not one hundred percent sure. Whereas, you know, in pedagogy, it was like, well, this is what it is. This is what we do. This is how it works. And now we're saying, well, we're still not sure, but we think this is true. Right. Exactly. And you know, we're looking for things and ways, but there's always those outliers. You know, I mean, there's always. The, the ones that that don't that don't fit the mold. I remember in um, one of my classes, I had to read a a, a story about uh, Shackelford, who was um, he was a uh, 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 discoverer and was was in the. Actually, I can't remember exactly all of the details, but he was in the he was in Europe, and he wanted to bring and discover Antarctica and kind of, you know, do more down there. There were already some people that were down there, but he, he wanted to get down to Antarctica and really do some discovery and figure out how they could use 
um, there's you know theories that there had to be something down there that they could actually use and and uh, build another another society colonized again. So he put an ad. He finally got you know permission from all the people that he needed to do. He got a boat. He got um, he was you know he had he was captain. Now he had to find a crew. But this was a mission that he knew that was very likely that they would never ever come home. So when he put the ad in the paper, it's a really famous, it's, it's fascinating from a leadership point of view, but it's also fascinating when you think of these are adults, these are people who are being put into a situation, we're talking about motivation, the intrinsic motivation, that motivation that's inside of you, that drive, that nobody has to dangle a carrot in front of you like Skinner would. Nobody has to do that. Nobody has to condition you and give you a, uh, a positive reinforcement. There's no gifts you know, that you're going to get at the end. The only thing would be that the satisfaction that you've done a job, that you've done a really, really good job, and you come home alive. So his little blurb in the paper when he's advertising for people is, it says, you know, you probably aren't going to come home. I'm not going to pay you a very good wage. You're going to have, you're going to be working yourself to the bone. It's going to be freezing cold where we're going, and we have no way of giving you any kind of, you know, of, um, friendly comfort. It's very possible that you're not going to have food to eat or even food that you like to eat. Um, so, but if you want to come, please come sign up. <laughs> That's awesome. And he but- had so many people. <laughs> that wanted to be part of this adventure. It was so crazy. And I think that really sums up, I think, the, the big differences, right, um, between, you know, children and adult learners. But my hope for your for your students is that they don't just think that, well, that this just, you know, this works, right, or this doesn't work, or, well, this only works for these types of people. I hope that, you know, even as parents, as, as children, as, you know, uh, worker bees, as, you know, whatever, you want to identify as right um you you see value in all these things and you see how it's all very situational right it's all very uh it's all very you know dependent on um you know contextual factors and i think that's what we've been trying to you know showcase throughout these weeks so uh, i hope that's clear and i think that your story i think sums that up really well so final thoughts kind of before we go here on just kind of things to things for your your adult learners to keep their eyes on or, or rather uh to pay attention to yeah, it, you know, look at, looking through the time frame on, um, you know, what uh, the debate started that, you know, there there were at this point in time when um, Knowles published his book, it was in the 1970s, and he published these assumptions, all of a sudden there were some other adult educators, people that were in the field um, that looked at these assumptions and said, you know, well, wait a minute. You, you can't, you're publishing assumptions that you haven't tested, which is a huge thing when it comes to the academy and being, um, putting, it's all about research and finding out statistically what works and what doesn't work. So here's Noel just kind of throwing some things on paper, which is one of the reasons he added two more later because he thought, oh, I missed one. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's, it's just, and the debates get in you know, so involved on the validity of his assumptions and the critiques. And then Knowles has, it, it blew me away because when I first, I still remember when I first read this and his his uh, presentation on Andragogy for the first time, 
And then I got down to the bottom and he says, but you know what? This this could work for kids too. And he completely, (laughs) he completely undermined his whole presentation, his whole philosophy by saying that. By saying, you know, originally he's saying, this is andragogy, which is for adults, not pedagogy, which is for kids. And making that clear distinction. And then at the end of the article where he's presenting his case, he says, oh, but you know what? This will work for kids too. We should consider putting some of these in the, in our children's career, in our in our in our child thinking and, and, and pedagogy as well, and embracing some andragogy for our children. But Pidge, so, that's what yeah, Montessori that is all about. I mean, think exactly. about it. Exactly. Montessori school actually <laughs> uses a lot of his principles. I mean, they believe that the student can be self-directed if given the right framework. So um, that's a big question I think they should be considering this week. You know, is this, um, what do you want to say, not not population specific necessarily, but to some extent, right, demographic specific in terms of age range. Are these age specific or, you know, what, what are the contextual factors you need to keep in mind? I mean, I always told people with leadership, it's very situational and uh, it really depends on, on who you're... Uh, uh, who you're facilitating or who you're leading or whatever and you have to really look at uh, the differences you have to treat them all differently you can't just assume they all fall into a block and so maybe that's a big thing for our, our listeners to, to take away this week as well right 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 and then Miriam and do we want to talk a little bit about Miriam yeah let's uh, wrap up with Miriam so Miriam if if we consider um, and there's not a lot on on her uh, but she has been a very vocal person, and in the in this part of the history of adult education, and this in this foundational part, this foundational piece, she's been a very key player in very in in a lot of ways in this whole process. Um, and if, if you know, I can if if Knowles is considered the father of andragogy, I consider Miriam the mother of adult education because she is the one that she balances um, Knowles in a way that, you know, nobody has talked about it, but she balances Knowles in a way that was so good for Knowles. And it was, you know, so good for adult education where Knowles is weak. Miriam is strong. Knowles is very weak when it comes to, the philosophical foundations and building that philosophy and, and building that, um, that peer reviewed, the, uh, the academic, um, you know, the, the empirical data, finding those things and building those things and breaking it down into those individual pieces that you can actually study and research and find some solid results from. That's what Miriam is really good and what she did and what she added to adult education at that at that point. Um, so here is uh, Knowles was very weak in that part and he didn't you know he had these he was brilliant and had this overscoping view of what adult education could be and and might become, but he didn't have that that justification behind it. Um, but, uh, you know, with, and also with Miriam, when Miriam came around here, she is, um, you know, and it's not just her voice, but there's a lot of other ones like Brookfield and Mackenzie and Elias and, 
um, Caffarella and, uh, you know, just many of those important voices that you, that you will see if you get into the research. These names come up over and over and over again. Tisdale, um, there's just, they're, they're there and they come up over and over and over again when you, when you read about adult education. She, uh, these were opened up and now all of a sudden adult education is becoming huge. Those six assumptions or five assumptions in the very beginning, Knowles wasn't off. I mean, he's not off, but they are assumptions still. They're not, we're not closing the gap right now. There's, there's lots of other things that are out there that, that uh, we haven't even studied or talked about or reached. But um, these other voices started coming forth and um, the, the data that was collected. And all of a sudden, instead of just andragogy, there's now self-directed learning theory. There's, there's the, the beginnings of that. There's now um, transformational theory. There's, there's the beginnings of that in the program. There's, there's um, the self-reflection theories. There's, there's a, assessment, a new assessment. There's spirituality theories for adults. You know, there's so many different things it's, that it's kind of like andragogy. It's, it's just shooting fireworks and becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, we end at that point with andragogy as a framework more than a theory or a philosophy. Yeah, and we'll definitely get to that in the next week when we look at part two of humanistic, because all this is about, really, in my opinion, the human the human philosophy. It's about looking at each human as individuals, understanding who they are, and, and looking intrinsically. So I think that's a great place to end this podcast. Excellent context, as always, Paige. Very excited and, and looking forward to seeing your learners connect the dots this week. Thank you, Adam. I really appreciate the time.